Friends, will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your presence in all places and in all times, but especially on this night when you come down in a new and fresh way to be among us, to know our grief, to laugh with us, to cry with us, to be present in all of what life is. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here. May we continue to praise you through these words and throughout the rest of this holy night. I praise you in your name. Amen. So I love Christmas now, but I really loved Christmas as a kid. It's better as a kid, isn't it? It just is. The decorations, the music, the outfits. There's so many outfits. It's so good. All of it is a really fantastic, super exciting part about being a kid. I loved especially going to church on Christmas Eve. This was one of my favorite things to do, to get really dressed up, to go with my family. And it felt really, really important to me when I was a kid, especially that everything be just so on Christmas, that everything be perfect, not only on the day itself, but throughout the entire season. So for example, we had to decorate the tree, which always came out the day after Thanksgiving and not a minute earlier. We can talk about this. We can, I know everybody has their own opinion the day after Thanksgiving and we had to listen to a music box Christmas. Have y'all ever heard that? It's from the 1950s fantastic. It's music boxes playing Christmas music. You can imagine it. Okay. We had to do that while we decorated the tree. And my sisters and I, we each had ornaments that only we were allowed to touch. Don't touch my ornaments. This is my ornament. This is where it goes right here on this spot on the tree. Same place every year. I see some of you laughing because you do this too, don't you? Yes, you do. So my dress for Christmas Eve we would go and pick it out. It got to be a new dress at the store each and every year. And I would pick out tights and a sweater and shoes that matched. It, I just coordinated. I looked so good. And then on Christmas Day itself, we would get up really early and we would open presents. And the order in my house was youngest to oldest. Youngest to oldest. That's how we would open presents. And then we would eat egg souffle which is a delicacy from my family back in Kansas, apparently. And then we would watch Christmas Story for at least three times on TBS. At least three times. It was just going the entire day. And then we would all lay around in matching pajamas. I just really had this desire for all the parts of my Christmas season to be just so. And even as an adult, I really want my season of Christmas to be just so. Now I have two little kids, and I really want to make the season magical for them. And so I want to do all the traditions. I want to go to all the things, all the parties, see all the people, listen to all the music. I want Christmas to be perfect. Is that you? Is there anybody out there who wants the season to be just so? We want Christmas to be our own version of perfect. And let me ask you, how does that work out? So good? No good? Definitely no good most of the time, right? Because the Christmas card doesn't go out on time, does it? Is it still on your desk? Is it addressed with a stamp and you just haven't gotten it to the mailbox yet? Or maybe you got it to the mailbox, but the, car, the picture on the card itself is not the card that you would have chosen. Like somebody is making a face. It's always your uncle. He's always making the face that you don't quite want. Or maybe you couldn't find that quite right gift 
Or maybe you got sick and you missed a party or two, or maybe that tradition just didn't happen for you this year, or you didn't see that person or that group of people that you really, really wanted to see during the Christmas season. Was getting here tonight a challenge? You did it if you got here in person. Maybe getting here tonight wasn't easier. That person in your family just wasn't making it very easy to get here on Christmas Eve. Y'all were fighting five minutes before you got out of the car, and now here you are and you look so good, right? Got it all together now. Or maybe this season was hard for you for a different reason. Maybe this season was imperfect because it's the first time since you've lost somebody that you love. Or maybe you've been struggling with illness. Or maybe you've been struggling at work, or maybe one of your relationships just isn't quite right. Maybe you have struggled, as so many of us have in this community and around the world, in this country. Things are tough. Life just isn't perfect. In one way or another, this season, or maybe just this life, has felt messy. Life is messy always been messy. The season has always been messy. And in fact, if you look at the first Christmas, almost nothing about that first Christmas was perfect. Pastor Pete reminded us so beautifully, we've heard this story so many times that when we hear it again, we don't actually hear it. So I want you to think for just a moment, friends, about the people whose story you hear this night. We hear about Mary. She's a poor young woman. She's engaged, but not married, and all of a sudden she shows up pregnant, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, no less. Or you look at Joseph. He's a good man. He's a kind man. He's what the Bible calls a righteous man, and here he is, ready to be married for the first time in his life, and oh, all of a sudden, there's a wrinkle there's a complication. The woman that he's supposed to be married to is pregnant with a child who is not his. And then God shows up to him in a dream and says, don't be worried, Joseph. I'm inviting you into a new opportunity, a new way to be a family. Would you raise my son as yours? And a lot of people in Joseph's position, a lot of people would have put Mary and her child off. But Joseph invites him to be part of his family. Or look at the shepherds. They're poor, working the night shift on the fringes of society. And here, all of a sudden, they are being involved in the good news that God is telling the first to hear the message. Look at the vacation, the travel that Mary and Joseph had to go through, 90 miles on foot while Mary is pregnant from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And then when they get there, they think they've got their lodgings all sorted out, but there's not room for them in the inn, and so they have to go to a stable, a place where animals live and eat and sleep and lay. And that's where Jesus decides to be born. Not in a palace, but in a stable. A messy, messy stable. Look at the world that they were living in. A world that was full of political strife. A world that was full of oppression a world when nothing seemed quite right. That's the first Christmas. That's the story that we hear. That's the one that we celebrate. Jesus is born into an imperfect, into a chaotic world. The world has been and always will be messy. Christmas is messy. And far from being a bad thing, friends, I want to tell you this evening that that's a good thing because your Christmas is messy and so is mine. 
because your life is messy and so is mine. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, who is our Lord, comes to be with us, with you and with me, in the midst of the mess of our lives. He comes to be with us in the midst of the mess. He comes to earth to share our flesh. He's a human and not even a fully grown human. I hope that we appreciate how radical that is. He doesn't show up as a fully grown person. He shows up as a baby. Birth is really messy. Jesus comes to be with us. He is literally born in a stable, the place where animals live and eat and sleep and lay. He comes to be part of a human family, not even a perfect human family, not even people who have it all figured out, but maybe a family like yours or like mine, broken, messy people who are still figuring out how to be good to each other. He comes to a community of people who is oppressed and who is pushed, pushed down. He comes to a religious tradition that is persecuted, that some would say have lost their way. He comes to a country that has a lot of political division. Jesus comes to a messy and a messed up, completely ordinary world. Ordinary people with ordinary struggles, with ordinary problems. People who are figuring it out, who are lost and left behind. People like you and people like me. This is the world into which Jesus comes the best thing about Christmas is that God doesn't wait. That God doesn't wait to send you and me a Savior. God doesn't wait for your life and for my life to look good on a Christmas card before God sends us God's Son. God doesn't wait for our perfection to become Emmanuel, God, with us. God doesn't wait for us to be lovable or even likable, which is good news for us most days, right? God doesn't wait for us to be lovable before God arrives among us to love us in a new way. God doesn't need us to have it all figured out, to have it all put together before God is willing to give us the gift of God's Son. Jesus Christ, who is the perfect gift, he comes into our world regardless. He doesn't wait. He couldn't wait to bring us healing and wholeness. He couldn't wait to bring us redemption and freedom from all of our guilt, from all of our brokenness, from all of our shame, Christmas couldn't wait. So friends, our lives don't need to be perfect for Jesus to come among us, to offer us transformation, to offer us healing and wholeness and forgiveness. Because if the Savior of the world was willing to be born in a messy stable, the Savior of the world is also willing and more than able to be present in your life messy as it may feel to you. Your life is not too messy for Jesus to show up in it. He comes to redeem your brokenness, your messy ordinary. He comes to be present for all of it. So the invita invitation that Jesus issues each one of us, you and me, it is not an invitation to perfection, at least not the kind of perfection that we are thinking about. First, what Jesus invites us to is to remember that it's not our job to make things perfect. Do you feel sometimes like it's your job to show up, to do all the things, to make everything good and perfect and nice and neat? That's not your job. It's God's job. God, who is our Father, does all of this through Jesus. He offers Jesus as perfect love and hope perfect joy and peace and health to a broken and hurting and a sinful world. So friends, remember, remember 
So while a picture-perfect life is not God's call for you, a life made whole by Jesus' love is. Remember, it's not your job to make things perfect. Next, he's issuing us an invitation to remember that Jesus is present in the midst of your life's mess. So whatever it is that you are going through this evening, if it's a small thing, if it's a big thing, if it's a thing that feels big but is actually really small, it is not too messy for Jesus. It's not too messy for him to show up. He's saying to you, would you seek me in the midst of it? Would you look for my presence in the midst of that mess that you are going through? Would you allow yourself to receive the gift of my love and my presence in your life? Friends, remember that Jesus is available to you in the midst of the mess of your life here and now. And finally, the invitation is to remember his presence in the midst of life's mess so that other people can see Jesus in you because you don't need me to tell you all the ways and all the reasons why life is messy, why the world is messy. It is often hurting. It often feels broken. It often feels like there's just no solution. But Jesus gives, him the self, gives us the gift of himself, and when he does, he makes us part of the solution, friends. He doesn't need perfect people, but what he does need are people who are willing to show up who are willing to participate in carrying light and carrying hope into a world that is broken. How might others see you? How might others see you as a means of hope and peace? How might others see you as a means of love and joy? How might others understand that even though you are navigating a, a mess in your life, you are still present and still willing to shine the light of Christ? God has and God is and God will always be willing to do ordinary, extraordinary things through ordinary people who are willing to show up, who are willing to say, God, will you use me? God, will you take what I have? doesn't feel like much, but it's what I've got, and I believe and I trust. I hope that you can do something extraordinary through it. Friends, on this holy, on this perfect night, on this perfect night, we celebrate the mess and we say thank you to the one who comes to be with us in and through it all. The one who comes to redeem our lives and who comes to redeem our world. And for all of this we say thanks be to God. Amen.